0: Good morning. Good morning, Rabu'tai. Breakfast today is sponsored by David, by David I. Cohen. L'Iloi <laughs> <laughs> nishmat. Aharon Ben Victoria. Victoria. <laughs> Rabu'tai, there's a young man who's praying in a synagogue. He clearly looks like a student, uh, a yeshiva student. He got, he's got his black jacket, his white shirt. Maybe even his seat hanging out, right? Maybe his hat's on the side, I don't know, Mabarif. But he's clearly someone who's sitting, who's learning Torah. And as the time comes at the end of the, of the prayers of Sh- on Shabbat morning, the gabbai looks around. This is one of the synagogues, they don't have no rabbi. They see this guy, they figure, okay, yalla, free rabbi. Let's get him up, we'll make him say a dvar Torah. Anyway, the guy walks up to this yeshiva man. He goes. He says, "Listen, you know, uh, we need a devater." The guy says, uh, "I don't know. I don't, I'm not a speaker." Okay? He goes, "Yeah, but you know, you look more qualified than the rest of us." <laughs> and the guy says, "He says, listen, I don't know. I'm not. I, you know, I don't. Uh, this is not my thing." Uh, Lo ish divarim anochi. right? I'm not a man of words. Hazit, the guy picked the worst pasuk to defend himself, right? Who said <laughs> lo ish divarim anokhi? Moshe Rabenu, who winds up going up. <laughs> Hazit, okay, guy, I think he didn't think that one through. Okay? So, the, anyway, the, after that, you know, I don't know if you ever noticed that. Um, I always feel like, you know, bullying is never okay except in the Beit HaKaneh You ever noticed that? Someone's like, you know, go Hazan, Hazan immediately, even though everyone else said no, when they see one weak guy, who's like, you know, he's scared, bifledged to say no to Sami Zayn, all of a sudden everyone's like, Chabot, Chabot, like you chabod, you know, but everyone bullies the guy, next thing he knows he's the Hazan. Okay, so this guy, he's bullied up into giving the Dvar Torah on the Shabbat in the synagogue he's never been in, and between you and me, is never going to go to again, okay? (laughs) He goes up, he goes up to the front, and he starts off, and he says, "Rabbi I just want to talk to you a little bit about uh, about Yisiyat Mitzrayim. The Jewish people leave Egypt. They come to the ocean. It's a terrible situation, you know. And uh, and everybody, everybody is uh, terrified. They see the ocean in front of them, and who's behind them? The Egyptians. The Egyptians. Yeah, any. You know, they say objects in the mirror." <laughs> Closer than they appear, closer than they seem, they even made it into a song, okay? So the guy is fledged. they see the Egyptians, they're coming from behind them, they're going to tackle them, they're going to kill them. So everyone is freaking out, everyone is screaming. They turn to Moshe Rabbeinu, the leader, and they say, "Nu, lead. What does Moshe Rabbeinu say? Travel. But he doesn't tell them how to travel. They didn't have kayak, they could Google how to get out of there. What do they do? They don't know where to go. They say, I, by the way, you ever imagine the people after Moshe Rabbeinu says travel? The guy goes home to his wife, right? He says, rohi uh, I went to Moshe, he told us to travel. His wife takes out a rolling pin. <laughs> she says, idiot, I sent you to find out. He said, travel? Travel where? The guy, I don't know, that's what he said. Yeah, but you probably fell asleep the second half of the class. <laughs> right? So he decides, Moshe says to him, travel, he doesn't say where. Everybody is sitting there, it's a, 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 you know, a very important moment. And this young man, he turns to the crowd and he says, but then, one man realized that without Mesirut Nefesh, without someone taking ownership, risking their life, you know, showing a, sa- a show of tremendous faith, they were not going to be saved. He says, and Gershon Ben Amin Adav jumps up. Sure. Everyone, exactly like Simon, thinks uh, he doesn't know me well enough to know by now I'm not going to make that mistake. Everyone jumps into the Knesset and they're like, Where Gershon? Look at this guy, where he went to Yeshiva, what kind of Yeshiva did he go to? It's not Gershon, it's Nachshon. What a dib, right? <laughs> right? So uh, the guy continues, he's like, uh, without even noticing all the mar- murmuring in the Veta Knesset, he's like, So Gershon Ben Amin Adab stands up! And again, they're all like, Nachshon, Nachshon ben Amin Adab. And he says, and Gershon, he decides, this is the moment. Dun, 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 right? He can already hear the music playing in the background. He goes over to his wife, kisses her on the forehead. She says, where are you going? He says, I'm going where I have to go where no man has ever gone before. Then he goes and he kisses his kids and he tells them to take care of their mother and then he tells his oldest son, you got to be the man in the house, I don't know if I'm ever coming back. And he gives everyone a big hug and a kiss and then Gershom and Amin Adav runs down the beach, slow-mo. Right, he runs all the way to the beach and he's about to jump in the water and right before he jumps in the water, he notices that someone's already in the water. Who's in the water? Nachshon <laughs> ben Amin Adav. His second cousin twice removed. And the guy realizes that all the time he spent, you know, telling his wife and his kids goodbye, getting his affairs in order, before he went running for his run down the beach, meant that someone else beat him to the opportunity. That Nachshon ben Amin Adav would go down in history, in the Gemara and Kafatz Nachshon Ben Amin Adav layam Tehila. That's what the Gemara says. Listen to those words. Nachshon Ben Amin Adav jumped up, viyarad layam Tehila. and he went down to the ocean first. Gereshon Ben Amin Adav until this very day would be on the lips of every guy, on every school, everyone would know who's the hero, who's the sadiq. Who's the one with the bitachon? Who brought about the miracle? Who saved the Jewish people? Gershon ben Amin Adad. But three and a half thousand years later, whose name do we know? Nachshon. Because Gershon, he didn't jump and he didn't get there first. This young man now ends to the people who realize that he's not a dib. He says, the difference between changing the world and being a nobody, that ever, no, somebody, a nobody that anyone remembers is when an opportunity to do a mitzvah or to do something important or to do something special comes up and you don't hesitate at all, but you jump. That's the difference between Gershon Ben Amin Adav and Nachshon Ben Amin Adav. Rabotai, I want to share, you know, there's, there's people like Nachshon in this world and there's people like Paro. You know, in the beginning of Shemot, we read, the Pasuk said, <clears throat> Let us outsmart the Jews. Paro began this experiment by saying, we want to outsmart the Jews. And he came up with a plan to uh, eventually be mishtabed, to uh, subjugate the Jewish people underneath him. With wisdom, with, clever, with, clever, with being clever, with, uh, with a certain sense of cunning. Rabutai, but ironically, somewhere along the line, his wisdom failed him. You know, it tells us that Paro is sitting around, the Gemara tell, tells us that Paro is sitting around and he, he sits with his advisors and he says, I know Elohim shel Ele, the God of these people, he punishes midah keneged midah. How am I going to get out? How am I going to save myself? From being uprooted and overthrown by the son of one of these Jews that I see in the stars is gonna come and dethrone me. I'll take every Jewish baby and I'll throw them in the river. Why is that so smart? Because once upon a time, the God of these people, he swore that he would never again bring a flood upon the world to destroy it. Right after the flood with Noach. He brought out the, the rainbow, he made a promise, he made a covenant with the with the world that he would never again bring a world of, of, of Mabul to flood the people. So if he punishes Midah K'Neged Midah, if he only punishes measure for measure, I have a beautiful idea, it makes me safe, loophole in a celestial legal loophole. If I drown the Jewish baby boys, there's no way he could get me. Rabbi Tairi was once a man who came to the Hafez with an arrogance. He says, Rabbi, you know, you taught us, the Gemara tells us, Mashpil. you know, how Hakadosh Baruch could pull down, Mashpil ge'im, those on top of the world. And what does he do with the ani'im, with the poorest in the world? He could bring them up to the top. Of the, in one second, God could take everything away from somebody. He says, Rabbi, you know, when I heard that, when I learned that from you, I I decided instead of having all my money in, uh, you know, in casinos, (laughs) because maybe gambling will become illegal, you know, instead of having all my money in real estate, because maybe the real estate bubble will burst, instead of having all my money in high tech, in blue chips, I diversified my portfolio. I have money in everything. And he says, and not only that, I have my money in markets which are opposites to each other. So as an example, when, uh, when tech goes down, what always goes up in the stock market? Gold. Why? Because people want to go back to something safe. When gold goes down, when, when tech rises, gold goes down because people think, what opportunity? Something new. So he says, I've invested in things in the market that are opposites of each other. So how could God take everything away from me in one second? It's impossible because I have the whole world leveraged. The hafetz Chaim looks at the sky right in the eye. This And he says to him, It's true. God can't take your money away from you in a second. But don't you realize that God could take you away from your money in a second? <laughs> you got it? You got it? Paro says he can't drown me. HaKadosh Baruch Hu says, noted. And then he brings all of Egypt into the ocean. I don't know Mabu, I didn't bring a Mabu. All the Mabu, all the waters in the river stayed exactly where it was, and you came to it. (laughs) Rabbutai, every single person in this world is faced with opportunities. An opportunity to be great, like Nachshon, and the question is if a person will jump at it. If he'll go, if he'll run, if he'll be first. There's an opportunity for Siddhaqah, an opportunity to do something for the community, and not everything is about money. Please remember this. It's not about the money. When we need to start a youth minyan, it's not the money. It's the person who's willing to round up the kids. It's the person who's willing to go to the store and buy the donuts and get the toys. That's not not money. It's a person who's willing to say, uh, you know, I'm going to set up the chairs. You need the money for that. You need an education for that. You need to be someone well-versed in Torah to set up chairs. You don't need it. All you need to be is someone that thinks this is important. I'm willing to do something. I want to get involved. The the synagogue is doing something to distribute the bags. I want to be the one that makes the phone calls, that arranges the taxis or the what's it called to bring the bags to the poor people. That just needs to come from a person's will. And then that mitzvah is attributed to you. There are many opportunities in life. And the question is which ones we jump for. There's also opportunities, Rabotai, for self-sabotage and destruction. Look at Nachshon grabbing one, and look at Paro grabbing the other. Grabbing the opportunity as a new king to bring in new legislature to destroy a people. But Rabbi the opportunities that come our way each and every day are not as bold and as stark as saving all the Jewish people or destroying all of them. Sometimes they manifest in ways which are a little bit less obvious. And yet, they are opportunities nonetheless. Rabutai, instead of seeing a fight with your wife as an opportunity to be right, maybe you could see it as an opportunity to build a stronger connection. And the question is, are you jumping like Nachshon or are you jumping like Paro? Paro is trying to be wise. Harrows every husband. You know what? You know what? If she says that to me, I'm going to say this, and that's going to be very smart. And that way, I'll bring up this other time when she did that, and the guy thinks he's so smart. Until he shuts his mouth, and his wife puts her hands on her hips, and she fixes that look at him. We've all had that look. And had that nose, he's a dead man. (laughs) Dib. Which opportunity did you choose? Did you choose the opportunity of Nachshon to be forgiving? Did you choose the opportunity to show compassion? Or did you choose the opportunity to try and be right and score points and feed your ego? Which way did you go? It's like that with a person's wife. It's like that with opportunities in business when there's an opportunity to what's it called? To maybe make a lot of money but to do something which you know isn't the right thing to do. You have a worker who's working a long time in your office. He's made you a lot of money. Is it not just that you should give him a raise? Share the wealth. That's the that's asita, yashar So you could be the boss that is you know, iron fist so tight, never ever wants to have his employees take a piece of the pie, and you know what? The only time he ever gives a raise or he ever takes care of the people in the office is when they threaten to leave. How much is the other guy offering you? Okay, I'll offer more. You grab the opportunity to be a div. Instead of grabbing the opportunity to be someone who could have loyalty in the office. Ultimately, these guys, they work for you. They make you money. Don't you want them to be invested in your success because your success is their success? So, it's so, life is so full of these two sides. And it is up to the great ones to jump at great opportunities. And it is up to the little ones to jump at negative ones. May God bless us with the clarity to be able to tell the difference between the two.